This winter, bring families together to celebrate the reason for Christmas and dive deeper into the story of Jesus' birth with LifeWay Kids' free family advent guide. Get yours today at lifeway.com slash familyadvent. Hey listeners, welcome to another exciting episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. How have you been? Seems like it's been a while. Maybe it was just a few minutes ago, depending on how you listen to your episodes, whether you listen once a week or whether you listen every other week, or if you're binge listening right now and you're going through episode after episode, we just love that you're listening. So thank you for being out there. Please share this podcast with your friends. We have so much to, to share and to say, and, and we have a whole bunch of great friends who are on to share from their hearts, to speak encouragement over you as you minister to the kids and families in your community. So today we have an, a good friend back again, just on recently, a couple of weeks ago, Dr. Kevin Jones. He's up at the Cedarville University. Kevin, how you doing? I'm all right, my friend. How are you today, brother? Things are doing well here. great. Man, it's yeah. it's invigorating to talk with you. We, uh, although the listeners are listening to this episode, maybe fresh, this is the second one that we've recorded back to back together. So I'm already fired up <laughs> to talk hey, listen, with we, you about what's next. Yeah, that's good. We we just had a preaching time through Ephesians chapter <laughs> two. So if you haven't uh, heard that, go on back through and go back. And check it that's out. right. We, we just it, had fun just working through. In fact, if you want to pause right now, listener, we won't be mad. We're not going to be mad at you. If you want to pause right now, go find our earlier episode, which was on finding our identity in Christ and how important that is for kids. We went through all of Ephesians 2 unplanned, but man, we just had a fantastic time, a big time going through that. So we want to talk today, something I wanted to speak with you about, hear your thoughts on, is the importance of connecting kids to God's word. We so I I tend to say when I have opportunity to speak to leaders, if you can do your kids ministry without opening up your Bible, you're doing it wrong. Right? We we need to demonstrate for our kids the the practice of I like to say we want to celebrate and elevate God's word. We want to use the book, open the book, look to the book. Let kids know that the things that we're saying aren't just coming out of our heads or off a photocopy piece of paper or mm-hmm. off of something on my phone. Although yeah. the yeah. Bible apps are wonderful, I use mine regularly. It's important yeah. for kids to know that God's book has God's word and we want to connect them with it. So let's talk, Kev, about why is it so important to actually use our Bibles with our kids and to connect kids directly back to the word? Oh man, first brother, thank you so much for having me. It's always a blast to spend time with you. (laughs) And uh, yes, things are good here at the Cedarville University. We're coining that. (laughs) T-H-E. With two E's, right? With two E's, right. I'm sure our PR office will hear this and say, no, Kevin, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so too late. Forgiveness, not permission. Forgiveness, not permission. Go. Dr. Suplee and all y'all, please forgive me. It was, it was totally an accident. <laughs> Listen, um, you can blame it on me. Just be like, go. it was right. all you Chuck. I don't know. You started it. You started it. That's cool. <laughs> no, man, I, th- I think, you know, wh- one reason why, you know, the Bible is important is because God tells us that his word is important. Right. So he, he not only tells us that in, in, in Timothy, 
right? Uh, yeah. You know, and, and describes for us what the word is, right? We also see that anytime Jesus is pressed up against the wall and ask any kind of question, mm. I don't even know if you can actually press Jesus against the wall. When, when the Pharisees and Sadducees are a woman at the whale or anybody, Nicodemus tried to press him against the wall, Christ is always overflowing with scripture. He has yes. every word inside of him. And when he is pushed, squeezed, or asked, he responds with the word, mm. right? We see, and I, I mean, I probably should have started the other way, but Timothy's on my <laughs> now. I'm backing our way up now. I feel like I'm, I'm working my way to the Old Testament, right? But even, even in David, in the Psalms and in the Proverbs, we're reminded like the beginning of wisdom and knowledge and understanding in the Proverbs is found in the scripture, right? The word is a light into our feet and a lamp into our path, right? Like that's what the scripture is. Chuck, to be honest, brother, I don't know how people live life without the scripture. Uh, I don't know how you can do any type of gospel ministry without having the Bible. Maybe it's not physically in your hand, but but bound up in your heart and at the forefront of your mind. I echo you, brother. If the scripture is not central in what we're doing in ministry, we are not doing ministry at all. We're having sports camps or art mm. camps or something mm. else that a public school or a nonprofit organization could do. We ought to be able, if we're peering in from a bird's eye view, looking down at a local body, it should look different than peering into the local YMCA. Yes. It should look different. I've, I've worked before school and after school programs. I've, I've done, you know, non-Christian yes. and, and summer camps, right? Hey, if, you, if your youth ministry looks like that, shame on you. But you know what, Chuck? Lifeway has enough resource and material to get that together. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Y'all got enough yes. to fix that. All right. <laughs> Thank you for that plug. That. Hey, no, no problem at all. Right. Oh, man. That's no, no, but that is, so you mentioned you're, you're, we're laughing and it's funny, but, but we do at Lifeway, you know, so Lifeway kids, we create three lines of Bible study curriculum for you to use in your Sunday school, in your kids ministry, Bible studies for life, kids, explore the Bible kids, the gospel project for kids, which Kevin Jones contributes to with our questions from kids, videos, answering kids questions. But, but these resources, you, you need to know uh, when you choose resources, it's so important to know the character and the qualifications of the people who create your resources, mm-hmm. because not all kids Bible study lessons, quote, Bible study lessons are the same. And you need to know that the people who write them are people who have studied the word and who believe the word and who, uh, who, who are saturated in the word so that when they are pressed against the wall, it's scripture that comes out. And when you do choose to use, I'll put in a plug for us. When you, you do go, choose to use a Lifeway Kids resource, you I like to say you can have confidence. It is trustworthy content that the things that are in there have been vetted, have been edited, have been reviewed, and you are never going to teach an accidental heresy when you stand <laughs> up and you facilitate a Lifeway Kids resource. How many yeah. times have have you been in a kids ministry situation? Maybe this is rhetorical. You don't have to answer. But our listeners, have you been in a kids ministry room where you get that sheet of paper and you facilitate that lesson and the message is something like be, be kind. 
and we can talk about all the reasons to be kind and never get to God's word, never get to Jesus, never know that that, uh, yes, kindness is good, right? It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. It's, it's kindness is one of the fruits of the spirit. We, so kindness is a good thing, but kindness is, is an outflow, not the inflow. We don't start with being kind and find Jesus. We find Jesus. And because we know him, we become kind, right? When we're like him. But if we don't, if we don't have our kids ministry rooted and grounded in the word, it will be empty. You know what, brother? I think so I'm thinking around, you know, it's in my mind, like reasons people don't have the Bible as, 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 mm. as the centerpiece in their kids ministry. I think a couple of things uh, lead to that. You know, one, I think sometimes we, we forget how intelligent the kids are that we are teaching and how much information mm. that they are actually downloading into their brain on a day-to-day basis and the things that they can actually hold on to. So if you're if so if you're thinking right now you know what one of the reasons why I kind of steer away from you know giving my kids too much scripture or, or the use or the group that I work with is because I don't think they can handle it they can mm. surely handle it they yes. can surely handle it and uh, if if you're having concerns about hey can they actually handle the bandwidth and and all those things that we're, that we're pointing out into them I I'm encouraging you as as a leader as a teacher as a small group leader my encouragement to you is spend more time studying the word yourself. Yes. Now, I, I, I got, you know, I, and I've been in church a long time. So I want to push on some of us sometimes who haphazardly uh, approach kids' ministry as if it's something that we don't really need to prep for. Yep. Frankly speaking, you know, some of those lifeway questions for kids, I spend double, triple the time preparing, <laughs> quadruple the time. I don't know what comes out the quadruple. I'm not a math teacher. The time trying to trying to answer those questions just to make mm. sure that, that the nuances are covered, that I'm answering the question rightly. So my encouragement to you all is to put your face in God's word. And yes. when we put our own faces in God's word and we fall in love with it, it's hard mm not to come up and tell people about something that is delicious. Listen, Dameek and I went to a a good steak restaurant here in in the Dayton, Ohio area. I think it was called Fleming's. So we walk into this restaurant, we're hanging out with a couple, we're discipling, and I sit down and I think it was the best steak I've had (laughs) ever. What what was and it? You know was what? it a fillet? Was it a T bone? What was it? It was it was a T bone and a ribeye. <laughs> you know, I just and this here's the deal. I ordered no vegetables and no dessert because I said I'm eating the, as much steak as I can. That's it. Get okay. it all. Right. It's all meat. It's all meat <laughs> right now. But you know what, Chuck? Every time I have an opportunity to talk about steak, I talk about that steak. And I think that's the way. I'm not comparing the Lord's word to a steak at all. I'm <laughs> making a connection right now to something that is delicious that we simply want to share with other people. Yes. Because youth leaders, we're spending time diving into the Lord's word, eating our daily bread, drinking of the water that he gives us. Mm-hmm. It's hard not to let that pour out of us when we engage our kids. And then take our kids to the scripture and say, just let me just let me teach you this one verse. Let me, mm-hmm. let me teach you what this verse is here. Let me explain it to you. And that's, you just said, taking our kids to the scripture. And I think that is so key, right? Because we can teach biblical principles Mm -hmm. without the Bible, but it's so important. So when, um, with my boys are getting a little bit older, I had the opportunity to take my youngest son. He's 13 now. 
Uh, I was on the West Coast. I was in Seattle to speak at a kids ministry conference out there. Hi, Leanne and Millie. Love you guys out there in Seattle, out the West Coast. I got to take my 13-year-old son with me. Uh, we were there last Saturday, and I was able to speak at the conference and share there. And my son is a huge Seattle Seahawks fan. <laughs> and so I was able to get tickets to the game. And we went to the game. We were in the house he, he got to watch Russell Wilson throw a big, deep bomb for a touchdown. It was amazing. Okay. He saw his team. He wore the hat. He wore the jersey. They played the Titans, which is our local team here in Nashville. <laughs> the Titans won in overtime, but we got to – but we were there. We were there. Mm -hmm. and, and so part of, uh, part of parenting – is showing your kids where to find things. And yeah. so I found all throughout our time together, I was showing him how to check into a hotel, how to walk around downtown, how to avoid the sketchy areas and how to find a clean bathroom, how to ride a train and take the train yeah. and where to go if you need help. And so that's part of part of life is showing our kids where to go when they need to help or how to get where they need to go. And so isn't that really what God's word is? And as we demonstrate for them, when we open our Bible, when we go there together, not just, and although it's great to quote scripture, and I, I absolutely believe we should do that, but it's meaningful when I can say, you know what, Tate, <laughs> Let me, let's look at this verse. Let's look yeah. at 2 Timothy yeah. 3, 16, where it says that all right here, here's the, yeah. here's the Bible, yeah. here's the yeah, page. Yeah. Let's highlight this together. It says all scripture is inspired by God and is given for these, for these uses that then he knows where to go when he yeah. later is on his own and he's trying to navigate life. Now he, I've not just told him what he, what he's heard from me, but I've shown him that God's word is where he needs to look, even if I'm not there to look with him. And so we need to demonstrate that. We need to show our kids where to go. That's good. That's good, brother. I'll, I'll echo that and say, in the process of showing them these things, they are, again, let's think about the information that many of our kids are getting outside of the church context and outside of our family devotions that we're doing, they get so much information on a daily basis. They have more access to information mm. than you and I did five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, surely 20 years ago. Do you remember they encyclopedias? Remember those? Man, you brother, have... listen, hold up. Don't, don't judge me. <laughs> don't judge me here. All right? You got them on your shelf? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I do, man. Here is the... The, the Encyclopedia of African American African American Culture and History, but, but this was sold out of a library. I don't know how many years it's ago. A, Listen, so for those of you who are listening, not scarred. seeing, he, Kevin has just pulled this gigantic book <laughs> off his shelf. It's got to weigh fifteen pounds. I don't know how you're holding that up, Easy. but it's Easy, thick. Man. <laughs> yeah, there was a time when in order to find information like that, you had to go to a library. You had to navigate the, what was that card catalog? The Dewey Decimal System, right? You, now you just you just Google or you ask Siri, right? That's it. And so our kids are getting all this information and we get a bunch of information. And without having a final authority, hmm. then we make other things, voices, people, the final authority. So the reason why the scripture is central, should be central and significant, and it's the most significant book that we're working through in the life of our kids in ministry and in our adult lives is because it is the final authority on how we respond to every single situation, yes. how we respond in a grocery line. 
this grocery store line, how we respond at the movie theater, how we respond when we're pushed on the playground, how we respond when somebody asks us to cheat on an assignment, how we respond when we're tempted to do sexually immoral things, how we respond, all those things. The Bible has an answer for all of those things. And sometimes we're twiddling our thumbs thinking, where can I find the answer to that? How about First Kings? <laughs> you know, how right. about go to First Kings for an answer for that? How about go to Ephesians for an answer to their question? The Bible has every answer that we has a question has an answer for every question that we have. We I'll, go ahead. Go ahead. So, uh, you know, coming back to the importance of scripture, I always go to James 3, 1. Mm -hmm. James 3, 1 is a warning to us, right? It, it says, not many should become teachers, my brothers, because you know that as such, we will receive a stricter judgment. Mm -hmm. We You mm -hmm. mentioned before, it's, well, it's just kids, right? I don't yeah. have to prepare. It's just kids. But, but truthfully... Whether we're teaching kids or adults or whatever we're doing, we cannot, according to James 3.1, when we get up in front of a room, when we're in a position of leadership and we are, quote, teaching kids moralistic things, we if we are not teaching stuff that's rooted in God's word, I believe this is saying that we're going to be accountable for what we teach. Even if it's to the youngest of kids, we need to make sure that we are teaching trustworthy content. Absolutely. In order to teach that, I teach teachers <laughs> for yes. a living. Yeah. I love my role and responsibility here at CW University training the next generation of teachers. And you're exactly right. We will be held accountable for every single word that comes mm. out of our mouth. And we have to do the preparation in order to rightly teach and divide the word of truth. Yes. And so, so often, I think adults uh, were guilty of not rightly prioritizing studying God's word, not rightly prioritizing devotions with our families, not rightly prioritizing just systematic study through God's word that we approach these tasks haphazardly. I also want to encourage you, I had a conversation with a student last week. Um, and I think the student's concerned at, at, at uh, the, the question being at a Bible college is I don't think I'm doing enough Bible study. Right. right. I'm like, wait, 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 wait a minute. Now. Wait a minute. Now. I feel there's a sense of I think I'm slightly overwhelmed. I'm studying too much. Am I studying enough? I'm like, listen, we're going through Zephaniah and Malachi as a devotion in my class. Hmm. The faculty here are the faculty at Cedarville are currently preaching through John chapter three. Our president is doing a series through parables. I'm like, you, you got your own preaching at your local church. You're doing okay. You are doing okay. But the pressure there for her was like, I, I, but I also need to read through Isaiah. I also need to read through this. I haven't read through that book of the Bible. And so I want to encourage the ministry leaders out there that are teaching through the word of God, a hey, small chunks at a time. That's, that was my, that was my uh, response to the student. Just slow down. If the, if, if the Lord takes you tomorrow, there's no sense in being anxious about this stuff. And if he takes you 60 years from now, just slowly walk mm. through the scripture one book at a time. Again, yes. my, I'm working through four books in, of the Bible in, in my personal study. You know, this for the rest of this year, this is Zephaniah and, uh, and Malachi, Zechariah. I'll walk through four Old Testament books until August of next year praying that the Lord will bless me and keep me and, and that his face will, will shine upon me as I'm working through the text. So all mm -hmm. I want to encourage in saying all that is 
hey, hey, y'all, as you're leading through the scripture, a few verses at a time is good for our students. Just give them mm. what they need. Give them what they need. But you've, you've just called out something super important that we need to make sure that we don't miss. We can't be teachers of the word without being in the word. And so we ourselves, the, maybe a place for us to start, listeners, is to get back in the practice of spending daily time with the Lord in his word. That's something, yeah. you know, being busy people, it's real easy to uh, either to breeze through that quickly, to check a box. Yeah. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I got to redo my devos this morning, but I've only got no time and I'm on the phone and doing something else while I do it. Mm. We we need to to slow down and find uh, opportunity to have quality time in goods. Yes. You know, we, um, there's those, uh, what are they? The love languages. You know, yeah. we, 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 I talk about that with my wife, you know, we went through that whole book about love languages and for some people it's like what gifts or acts of service mm-hmm. quality time is one that, um, some folks in our family have, that's not a value of mine personally. So I mm-hmm. struggle with that idea of quality time. I want to move quick and get things done, but man, that's, I've learned that uh, that's a value that the Lord has in our relationship with him is he values quality time. It's not necessarily the quantity of time, right? But it's the quality of that time. It can be short, but it needs to yes. be focused and intentional. But we as leaders need to make yeah. sure that we are in God's word uh, rather than just telling other people they should be. That's right. And, you know, and, I, and I'll, I'll add to that. One of the things that I, that I struggled with that, you know, it's kind of like the post-COVID yeah. time right now. So teaching my teaching in Sunday school and things have been minimal. But one of the things I just had to kind of come to grips with was how how to how to make the material that I would teach on Wednesday or Sunday, how to incorporate that into my personal devotion and study time. Mm. So one time I was a super saint. Right. And it was like, you know, I had to be again trying to trying to echo my students concern. I, you know, I, we're teaching through Romans at church and we're going through, uh, you know, gospel life way, you know, the, the material, the, the, the gospel project for kids on one sense. But I said, you know, I had to scratch like all the bifurcation of the eight studies that I had going into my life and say, mm. I'm called to teach this material on Sunday morning. I'm going to relentlessly study this passage that I know I'm teaching on Sunday. Yeah. Use it as my morning devotion. Use it as my evening devotion. Use it as my Bible memorization practice so that on Sunday when it's time for me to teach, I am overflowing with the information from that passage, not all split up like, oh yeah, I was studying this on Monday and reading that on Tuesday and reading this on Wednesday. There may be nothing wrong with that, but it is something wrong with it if you're not ready and prepped to teach God's holy word and keep that as a centerpiece on mm. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday, whatever day you're teaching. Study what it is you're about to teach. Study mm. what it is you're about to teach. Absolutely. And then I, I was just sitting here in James, right? Because I went to that James 3, 1 <laughs> and, and across the page highlighted in big yellow text on my Bible because I've taught that passage before. I go back to, to James 1, 22. And it, and it reminds us that we, as we talk about the importance of using God's word and talking God's word and going to scripture together yeah. with our kids, mm-hmm. James 1.22, be, but be doers of the word and not hearers Amen. only deceiving Amen. yourselves. Because if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like someone who looks at his own face in the mirror. He goes away, he for, immediately forgets what kind of person he was. Yeah. And so yeah, it's yeah. not, it's, it, it, we absolutely have to be hearers of the word, right? How will they know unless they hear? How will they hear unless That's someone right. is sent, unless there's a preacher? That's right. And so we need to be that. But we also, we we talked before about it's not enough to say it. We have to display it. We need to be we have to doers it. of the word. 
We got to know what we got to do. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll back up very quickly uh, in, in the New Testament. You were in James in John yeah. chapter three, as Jesus Christ is engaging uh, Nicodemus. Uh, there's one question he asks. Is he asks Nicodemus mm-hmm. in, in chapter three, verse 10. Jesus says, are you a teacher of Israel and don't know these things? Huh. <laughs> so huh. he's like, hey, listen, you know what? Uh, there's some things you should know about me. <laughs> yeah. God yeah, right. standing in front of you, standing in front of you, Nicodemus, uh, that you don't get. And so not only is there a technical component that takes place, because I mean Nicodemus was a Pharisee, he would have understood, well, he would have memorized the law. He was a teacher of the law. Yes. He should have known these things. But Nicodemus didn't have love. His eyes were closed. He had not been born again. He could not see the things of Christ. Mm. And so as much as we are doing the technical work of studying the scripture, we need to pray that we're constantly being being made new Mm. again, that our eyes are being open to the reality of who Jesus Christ is and that we are speaking. Here's what Christ says. Mm. Jesus replied, truly, I tell you, we speak what we know and we testify to what we have seen but you do not accept our testimony. In short, he's saying, listen, hmm. we, uh, either he's, re- the commentators, they can argue whether, whether Jesus is referring to, to him and John or him and the other disciples, or he's referring hmm. to himself as part of the Trinity. He's saying, we're speaking of what we know, of what we've seen. If you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good and have experienced him in your hmm. life, you ought to be telling kids about that. Not hmm. about just, he's a good dude or a good character or the Repet, uh, uh, the repeating mm. of just a few Bible stories. Open up the canon of scripture and give it all to kids mm. a little bit at a time. Make his word known to all the saints. Mm. And and there's so much value in this. So we're as we talk about this importance of keeping God's word at the center of our kids' ministry, mm-hmm. I like to say celebrate and elevate his word. We it it goes with our kids. I talked about like with my son, I'm showing him where to go when he, when he has times of trouble. We started this conversation off. You were talking about how many times Jesus quoted scripture to the Pharisees and other places. Mm -hmm. And and that takes me to his temptation, right? Where the devil that right after his baptism, the devil takes him out to the wilderness for the purpose of tempting him. And we know this because yeah. we've all taught this passage, right? To, to kids before is every time Satan tempts Jesus with something, his response is to quote scripture. And Amen. doesn't scripture say this? And, yeah. and our kids need to know not the general principle of be good, be nice, be kind, but to know what God's word says so that Amen. when they are faced with temptation, they have something sound and solid that they can go to. Amen. And we also see in Jesus's temptation, brother, is that he he was tempted to, uh, with things that were so common to man. See, huh. I think when we open up the scripture of text, you, so often we, we teach against a few temptations, rightly so. Right. We teach against temptations like, hey, you know, the sexually immoral temptation, like be, be, be careful for that. You know, that's be, be careful not to get involved in illegal or illicit drugs. But Satan, when we read through the scripture of things that people were, t- he's, he's tempted him with bread and yeah. he's tempted him with position and power. It's not like what we typically say. So as we're opening up the scripture and keeping it as a center part of what we do, we yeah. get to see all the things that are tempting us, greed and idolatry mm. and mm. lust and pride and 
anger and outburst of anger and rage and we'll open in the text. We, we can call those things out. It's not just a dispositional issue. It's like ungodly for you to respond that way. Under whose authority, Mr. or Miss Teacher? Under God's authority. God said you can't act like that. It's not just your second grade teacher in the public school or your homeschool mom. God <laughs> says that is wrong. So you can't do it because the word says so. Sometimes I hear people trying to make responses to things using their own word and their own authority. And it's so fickle. It's huh. so it's so weightless. It's so powerless because it's like uncle said that. Who cares what mm -hmm. uncle says if it's not in line with God's word? Right? Because I said so, right? Isn't that a great oh, because parenting I said tool? So. Yep. No, Why? Because you. I said Go to the scripture. Go to the scripture. Mm -hmm. Kevin Jones, thank you again for being here. Man, we so appreciate you. We need to do this well, again soon. I so enjoy yes. our conversations together. Well, friend, thank you so much for having me, brother. My encouragement is for people to love God's word. And uh, and to, and I don't mean this flippantly, I'm not trying to plug wife way, even though I'm like uh. right now, and it's to consider the material. Uh, because it is it is gospel centered, gospel focused, and you can't teach or preach yourself when you use the information the way it's supposed to be used. Mm. Man, thankful for you all. Thank you, leaders. Leaders, get in your Bibles. Uh, I know that it can feel like a chore sometimes. Maybe some of you have no struggle with this, but many people do. Let's make sure that we schedule time when we have energy, when we can focus our attention to spend that quality time with God in his word. Something that we have learned through COVID that we've all become aware of is that, er is that everything is contagious. Everybody is contagious. If somebody's got it and they're near you, you're going to catch it. And, and the same is true of us. And I like to say, whatever we have is contagious. So may we be so saturated in God's word that what we metaphorically cough and sneeze all over everybody around us is God's word that comes out of us and that that's what people catch from us is a love and a passion for his word. May we be leaders who point our kids to their Bibles, who demonstrate for them a love for God's word and who celebrate and elevate scripture. Listeners, thank you for listening. Dr. Jones, thank you again for being here. We'll see you guys back again soon for another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. Hey, did you know that you can be part of the Great Commission simply by packing Operation Christmas Child shoebox gifts? Well, your gifts of school supplies, toys, and hygiene items will open the door for children around the world to encounter the love of Jesus for the very first time. Around a thousand churches are being planted every single year, even among unreached people groups, as communities are transformed by the power of the gospel. National Collection Week is November 15th through 22nd. To learn more, visit SamaritansPurse.org OCC.